1: Welcome back to the MLS Multiplex podcast. My name is Topher Adams, site expert at O-Towns 11. I'm excited to be back for another episode of the show this week, and it's a big one. In segment two, I'll be joined by Rob Wheeler of MLS Multiplex to discuss Wayne Rooney, DC United, and more. Before we get into that, let's jump into the biggest stories of Major League Soccer this past week. Thiago Almada is a superstar, and he's making everybody take notice. The Argentine World Cup winner scored a brace and assisted two more on Saturday against the Portland Timbers, and he's now the early favorite for MLS MVP in the eyes of many. He has four goals and four assists in his first four games, and he's getting the best out of his teammates like Caleb Wiley and Luis Araujo, who both scored against the Timbers. Atlanta is first in the Eastern Conference through four weeks, and it has looked the best that they have since their 2018 MLS Cup win. This is the most back that Atlanta has looked since Tata Martino left for the Mexican national team job after that 2018 season. This is the style of fast, exciting, transition-based attacking football that made Atlanta such a sensation when they entered the league in 2017. It's been missing since Frank DeBoer took over in 2019, And now, with Thiago Almada, head coach, Gonzalo Pineda, this is finally the Atlanta United that fans have been clamoring for for the last few seasons. Almada is the key to it all. He is finally their long-awaited Miguel Almiron replacement. Almiron was amazing, and it's not because of his technical ability, it's because of his ability to make good decisions at pace. And that is the real gift of Thiago Almada. Yes, his technical ability is amazing. He hit that wonderful, glorious free kick against the Timbers. It's one of the eternal highlights of MLS. It'll be on his highlight reel until the day he retires. It's an amazing play. It's the type of gift that he has with the ball at his feet. However, his ability to make the right decision every single time in the attacking third at pace is what makes Atlanta really good. Guys like Marcelino Moreno, guys like P.T. Martinez, they're technically gifted as well. Maybe not to Almada's level, but they're very technically capable players who can hit good shots, hit good passes. But their decision-making is nowhere near the level of this guy. Almada is younger than them, but he also has a higher football IQ than them, and it shows, and that's what's making Atlanta one of the best teams in the league. I also want to mention that Yorgos Yakamakis, their Greek international striker, he finally made his start his first start for the five stripes this weekend he looks really good he he it's a lazy comparison to say he reminds you of Joseph Martinez but man oh man does he remind you of Joseph Martinez you know maybe it's hyperbolic to say Atlanta is back to their 2018 2017 selves after 4 weeks against mediocre competition but man oh man this is the best Atlanta has looked since Tata Martino left and If Almada can stay through the summer, which who knows, the offers will start coming in for him soon, uh, Atlanta could be a real threat to win a couple of trophies this year. St. Louis. St. Louis cannot stop winning. City cruised past the San Jose Earthquakes 3-0 Saturday. They are now the first MLS expansion side to win its first four games of league play. They also boast the second best goal differential in the league behind Atlanta and have scored the joint most goals. Of any team alongside Atlanta as well. I don't know what else to say about these guys at this point. Uh, you know, they have been one of my highlight stories each and every week that I've done this podcast, and they, they keep forcing me to talk about them because they keep winning. <laughs> they keep winning games. They keep impressing. They keep cruising by people. It's not even these one nil or two one gritty victories. They're beating people and they're beating them handily. And I, I've mentioned how it's a it's a testament to Luftfahnenstiel, and his roster build. Bradley Carnell and his his ability as a manager I, I i I rated him fairly highly coming into the year. I liked what he did with the Red Bulls, but he has blown me away. He's blown every other pundit in the in the world away uh at this point, it's really a question of how long he'll stay at St. Louis if he keeps this up. I mean this is really fantastic stuff from him. All of their signings have hit so far, both within the league, guys like Jared Stroud and Tim Parker, outside the league with Eduard Lovin and Joao Klaus, who, who is really fun to, to watch, might I add, super skillful, also just so big and strong. I love a striker like Joao Klaus, he's, he's such a delight. Not really much else to add about St. Louis that we haven't talked about in weeks prior. They're just a fun, exciting team. They pack out their new stadium, great vibe with that with that program. And, and it's only up from here. Uh, last week, they were linked with Liverpool's uh, Roberto Firmino, uh, longtime stalwart for Liverpool in the Premier League. You know, he has a connection with Fahnen Steele. Fahnen uh, Steele helped sign him to Hoffenheim in Germany. He also helped sell him to Liverpool from Hoffenheim. Uh, maybe there's a chance that that manifests into something. But frankly, I don't really want... St. Louis to be a team that has big, fancy, designated players like Roberto Firmino. And they they said in their initial roster build they didn't want that either. You know, obviously, the opportunity presents itself to sign a Brazilian international who's only in his early 30s. You kind of have to do that. But I really love the way this team is constructed, the ethos of this team, the chemistry of this team, the heart of this team. I, I genuinely really enjoy... The way that they play and the way that they look, there's so much joy. There's so much fight. There's so much togetherness. They do everything you want from a team. If you're a St. Louis fan, you have to be pinching yourself to have a team that plays this style, not even because it's exciting or effective, but because there's so much passion and there's so much effort. And it's mixing that that kind of Red Bull style, just grit and grind with some real technical quality so it's not ugly either. Uh, I could gush about St. Louis for a long time. I've been so impressed with them. I really like everything they stand for, and I think this could be a really special season for them in year one. Toronto FC finally earned its first win of the season. The Reds defeated Inter-Miami 2-0 on the banks of Lake Ontario for their first victory of the year. Bob Bradley's men held leads in all of their previous three games but couldn't hold out for all three points until Saturday against the Herons. Obviously, Toronto is going to be a talking point because they spend a ton of money and they have some of the highest profile faces in Major League Soccer. And that starts with Lorenzo Insigne, who's been injured since week one. I don't want to talk about Insigne. I, I have no interest in talking about Insigne. I hope he gets better. I hope he gets to be a star for Toronto. I'm not interested in Insigne. Go to a different podcast if you want to listen to Insigne talk. Uh, that's not a meant to slight again. A great player. I hope he does well. But I, I really want to focus on who is there. And who is making good plays? Because I think Toronto has shown a lot of flashes. And I think they showed flashes last year under Bob Bradley. And I think they're showing flashes through four weeks this year. Obviously, it all starts with our other Italian international, uh, Federico Bernardeschi. He is such a delight to watch. He, he is a real game-controlling presence. He is the true MVP superstar DP that Toronto wants to build around. Um, you expected that to be the other guy, but Bernadeschi has been so, so good since he signed from for them last summer. Uh, he's their best player. He's, he's a playmaker. He's a goal scorer. He works off ball. You know, he's a good leader. He has a good energy about him. He, he's a delight, and, and he's he's really the star, the shining light for them. But even beyond him as well, I, I, I don't want to focus on the stars because I actually think the collective of Toronto has been so much better. And, and, and they're really starting to come together. And last week was the best showing yet. Um, this midfield group is really growing into itself. I think Mark Anthony K had a much better game last week against Miami than he had some of his, his his prior starts for Toronto. If he can get back close to that LAFC form, that's such a such a massive piece for them. I really enjoy what I've seen from Brandon Cervania. They traded a hit for him from FC Dallas at the beginning of the season. Um You know, kind of a cast off for Dallas. They just have too many other midfielders. But I love what he brings good energy. He's a very good passer. He's kind of a missing link for them as a connective tissue. You know, he has passing range. You know, he's got a little bit of youthful energy to him. I really enjoy watching him play. And then, of course, Jonathan Osorio, such a quality player. He just does everything well. He's a good goal scorer. He's a good passer. He's a very good dribbler. Uh, Such a talent, he is. I love this midfield group, and and more than that, I love the way they play together. I think over the last two years, you've seen in moments and in highlights the Bob Bradley system. I think Toronto clearly has a strong tactical identity when things are clicking for them, and you can see the way Bob Bradley wants to score goals, and a lot of their goals look like very repeatable actions. When I'm grading... And, and, and rating teams on how they attack. That's one of the biggest things I look for is how repeatable all your are your goal scoring actions Are you getting weird fluky solo goals or gross set pieces or, or deflections or the other team passes it to your foot Like how are you scoring your goals? And Toronto scores a lot of goals from repeated goal scoring actions, the same attacking motions, the same runs the same cutbacks, same deliveries, these kind of clear, structured goal-scoring identities. And that is such a valuable weapon to be a consistent attacking team. And I think they just need to get a little bit more fluidity with that because there's so many times where it does click and it does work for them, and they can be a really good attacking unit. I also would be remiss if I didn't mention how much better their defense has been. Um, I think they've had their struggles this year. I mean, obviously, they only have one win, so they can't be that good. But I do think it's definitely a step in the right direction. Matt Hedges and Seagar Rosted, a pair of center backs they brought in in the offseason. Of obviously, Sean Johnson as well, the goalkeeper, longtime star and captain for NYCFC. I think that trio just brings a ton of stability in an important part of the roster. And I've been impressed. I've been impressed for the most part with that group. Obviously, we'll have to see how the legs hold, especially for Hedges, who, who's in his early 30s now, Um but I think just having that stability is, is a good building block. And, and, and if they can just find an extra level of sharpness, and I don't know where that comes, whether it comes from Michael Bradley or just more familiarity with some of the newer pieces, like Arosted, like Raul Petretta, their left back, who I really enjoy. Um, I don't know where it's going to come from, but I think they're so close to being a good team in the Eastern Conference again. And, and if they can figure out whatever that missing piece is, they could, they could be a real contender. The league's Cellar Dwellers finally ended early season losing skids. Charlotte FC traveled to the Sunshine State and walked away with a 2 1 victory against Orlando City. And CF Montreal hosted the Philadelphia Union and pulled away with a dramatic 3 2 upset victory in the Olympic Stadium with a pair of stoppage time goals. I was actually in Orlando for that game against Charlotte, and I don't know. I don't know about Charlotte. I, frankly, for both of these teams, I think it's a good momentum builder, but I still need to see more that they aren't or that they are improved, that they are better in their early season form. I think one win is a good start, but I think we need to see more data that they can play good soccer. I think Charlotte had a lot of really good stretches against Orlando, times where they were really taking it to Orlando, forcing turnovers, attacking the box. Um, on that note, I am super duper impressed with their striker Enzo Capetti. He is a real deal star. I think they got a good one with him. But I do also at the same time think Orlando probably should have won that game and with a bit more clinical play in front of goal, would have won that game or at least drawn. Um, Charlotte's fortunate to walk away with a point. And and if Charlotte's fortunate to walk away with three points, I don't know how you can describe CF Montreal. um, Controversial, uh, to say the least, how they won that game. Um, You know, weird VAR situation. Two stoppage time goals, a red card, all kinds of weird stuff, um, factoring in into that game. Um, I, I it's it's really even t- just you want if I talk about repeatable goal scoring actions for Toronto, uh, I also think repeatable winning actions are important to team success. And I don't know if this is something that qualifies under repeatable winning actions, but I don't want to be a hater. You know, I don't want to. Be a negative voice. I I think it's great to win, and win however you can. Uh, the first five to ten weeks of the season are such a grind and such a such a, a, a an incubator for the season. You know, it's you can be you can get off to a bad start and still make the playoffs. You can get off to a bad start and still earn a pretty high seed in the playoffs. You know. Um, so I don't want to be too critical. Uh, I, don't, I don't want to be too negative. I, I think it's impressive and good. Both these teams got win. You know, especially Charlotte, to go on the road and win is extra impressive. And I think if they can take this momentum and parlay it into good growth and good energy into the group, they could get back on, on track and really contend uh, moving forward in the Eastern Conference.
0: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile,
1: I am happy to introduce the first guest on our relaunched MLS Multiplex podcast, Rob Wheeler. Rob writes at MLS Multiplex, cont- contributes a ton of great stuff about MLS and other big things across the soccer world. Rob, thanks for joining.
2: Thanks for, thanks for having me on, Tofa Yeah, pleasure to be here.
1: Of course, uh, glad to have someone on. Um, you're based in the UK, so I figured we'd uh, discuss one of the Most prominent English figures in Major League Soccer, Wayne Rooney and his team, DC United. Um, He took obviously he played at DC, uh, one of the second to last stop in his career before Derby. Um, He then he rejoined the club as the manager this past July. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on him taking over the manager position at DC. You know he had a difficult time at Derby, but it wasn't necessarily because he was a bad manager it was more the circumstances around that club so just kind of your initial thoughts on on the move and kind of his his first uh six to eight months on the job here at dc
2: yeah like you say i mean uh, derby county he did a good job really but given the circumstances it was an impossible job really He kept them up in his first season and unfortunately with the points deduction they're always going to go down in the second season but he did well I mean, and a lot of people were surprised when he took over at DC United. People were thinking maybe he should stay in England, stay at a championship club, maybe even get a Premier League team. But um, at the time, I wasn't actually thinking it was a bad move for him. I know a lot of people in the British press were thinking it was. But, um, I mean, it's the club he used to play for. It's in the MLS. It's, um, yeah, I mean, it's probably a bad example. But Patrick Vieira now, but at the time, we were thinking he just, (laughs) taken over at Palace and done a good job for a year I mean people are thinking he was obviously in the MLS with NYCFC so people are thinking well it's probably a good step for him and he could follow in maybe someone like Vieira's footsteps and return to England and and see where it goes but yeah I'm sure at one point he will obviously come back to England he's been linked with Everton in the past and yeah just um it was a difficult season for him last season but had a mixed start to the season this season see where he gets on and I'm sure get an opportunity back in England at some point.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't know the specific details of his contract, but I remember when he signed with DC, it was a fairly short-term thing. And I think even folks in the club will admit that they expect him to be back in England sometime in the near future, be it at a championship club, premier league club, wherever it is. And, and you mentioned there is a track record of coaches starting in MLS, um, going to england um viera jesse marsh obviously neither of those
2: <laughs> finished yeah they're uh, probably bad examples now but i guess <laughs> in the first year in charge they did a yeah. white jesse Marsh kept Leeds united up viera did a solid first season and i guess they've both been sacked now so it sounds a bad example <laughs> now but uh <laughs> yeah
1: it's a mixed bag but you know there is a pipeline yeah. regardless um
2: yes definitely. and as far as the Raptors, players too.
1: yeah uh, of course and, and yeah. For DC, their roster has taken on Rooney's influence, and you can just see based on the players they brought in. They brought in a pair of guys with Premier League connections, Uh, Christian Benteke, the striker, former Belgian international, big name internationally, and then Matthias Klick, longtime midfielder with Leeds, Polish international. Both been very impressive through the start this season. Uh, let's, Let's talk about Benteke first. Um, what do you think of that signing and, and what do you think of his performance leaving the line for DC?
2: Yeah, well, this season he started very well, hasn't he? He's got two goals so far. I mean, his first, um, since when he bought, when Rooney brought him in initially, I think he only got one goal last season. And I guess he's a player in his 30s now. I kind of at the time was thinking, well, he's not really playing at Palace, so he probably needs to maybe step down a level. I guess the World Cup was just around the corner and for Belgium, but... Um, Maybe it was sort of him giving up a bit, um, moving to MLS. Maybe he wasn't going to get into the team anymore. And he just kind of thought, yeah, well, why not go to DC United and be part of that project? I think he signed a two and a half year deal and yeah, he started this season very well. So yeah, good luck to him.
1: I I think if you watch DC United's games this year, you can see that he's gotten a lot more comfortable uh, than the first four games this year. Uh, They played Orlando recently in a game I was covering uh, and he was very impressive in that game. He didn't score. He, he missed a couple of good chances, but he he's a very prolific box presence. He's very physical. He's averaging almost three and a half shots per 90. Very His underlying numbers are actually pretty good. He's a very prolific player, and he's a good uh, veteran presence for, for their forward group. And then Mateus Click is their other big uh, designated player signing recently from the Premier League. Um, Kind of fell out of the leads team a little bit. Uh, Once Jesse Marsh got over, he didn't have nearly the same role he did at the beginning of their Premier League run. Uh, He's also been impressive, a goal and two assists in uh, four games. It was a great goal on his debut in week one against Toronto outside the box. What kind of player is he and how does he also fit in with this group, you think?
2: Yeah, he's definitely a player with an eye for goal. I think I remember when he was being linked with DC United, he scored in a friendly against Elche, which was a fantastic goal. I mean, he won the championship with Leeds and was a key player for them for quite a few years. And I think this season in the Premier League, he's only made appearances off the bench. So it's definitely time for him to possibly move head over to MLS. He's in his 30s now. So, yeah, he's definitely an exciting player with an eye for goal and one goal, two assist already this season. I mean... Yeah, it's a great signing for D.C. United.
1: I think both of these signings and then a couple of their their league moves, you know, guys like Pedro Santos, Juan, they've gotten a lot of experience to this group. Obviously, this is a team that finished dead last in the league last year, one of the worst seasons over the last couple of years. You know, it's a it's a it's an organization that's really struggled uh, basically since Rooney left to go back mm-hmm. to Derby. Um how important do you think it is for a team, not even necessarily DC, but to just bolster the group with these proven players like Click and Benteke, who've done it at a very high level and have a lot of technical ability, and you know they 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 just have a level of experience to kind of uplift the guys around them.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's the experience. I mean, they've played at the highest level in Europe. Both of them played in the Premier League. Um, a lot of players towards the end of their careers do go over to MLS and sometimes they're really successful and other times they maybe don't have the legs anymore to run. But these two, they've started this season fantastically. And I mean, to help this DC United team, they'll need all the help they can get. Finishing bottom last season, the only way is up for them. And yeah, these these quality players that they've brought in, I mean they signed Ravel Morrison um last year as well which hasn't worked out now I mean he's got two goals for them last season I and he's 30 now and I remember watching him at West Ham and he's such a talented player but it's just a shame he doesn't have the right attitude and um yeah but I guess Rooney's took him out of the squad now which is a shame for him but um the players like Benteke and Mateus click i think they're players with um, the right attitude and uh, experience and of uh, yeah they're, i'm sure they'll, they'll help this dc united team this season as they already aren't don- are doing so so
1: both benteke and click you know over 30 maybe time to take a step down from the premier league dc united just made a new signing this week they signed yeah. Lewis o'brien uh, he's a Loney from Nottingham Forest. Before that, he spent several years with Huddersfield in the Championship. Was one of the better midfielders in the Championship over the last few seasons. He's only 24, right? Really good age. Um, big loan move, obviously another Rooney connection. Coaching in the Championship, he's a player that Rooney's clearly familiar with. What kind of signing is this? This is this is a different kind of guy than than Click or Penteke. This is a guy right early prime, kind of on the fringes of that Nottingham Nottingham squad.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's only twenty four, twenty three, and I mean, he um he did very well at Huddersfield and got this move to Nottingham Forest who'd just gone up to the Premier League. It hasn't worked out for them him there. He's I think he's only played thirteen times in the Premier League this season, and it's sort of circumstance that he's ended up in MLS because he was linked with the moves of Blackburn Rovers in January and the deal nearly got done, but it's um it collapsed on deadline day. I think they were too late, and so. Luckily, with the MLS transfer window still open, they've got this deal sorted. I think he, he still needs to get his visa sorted, I know. So I don't think he'll be ready for this weekend's game. Um, but um, yeah, yeah, he's only 24, I guess. It's a new experience for him. It's a fresh start. I mean, um, he, ideally, he, he may probably wanted to have gone back to Blackburn Rovers back in the championship and done that. But circumstance led him to DC United and... I'll show it. It's kind of a credit to MLS as a league, really, because he's such a young player. I mean, it's a, I guess MLS in a way is trying to not just be a retirement home, but also be a place for to develop players. And we've seen that with Almiron with Newcastle now. It's just so, yeah. Fingers crossed. He, him at DC United. Um, he can get his career back on track, and maybe we'll see him back in back in the back in England, back in the Premier League or Championship, or, or yeah, who knows. Good luck to him.
1: Yeah, it's it's certainly an interesting signing. A player, thirteen goals, fifteen assists in his career. A fairly high profile in the championship. It's a it's a good comp, um, championship in MLS. Fairly similar competition. Championship maybe a little higher at the top end, of that yeah. division. But you know, it's a it's a good, very unique signing. As you mentioned, it's just kind of mm-hmm. the weird circumstances of how the transfer windows shake out. And I'm sure, the only reason I, I feel this is not sourced. This is not anything. I feel confident in saying the only reason he would consider DC is that Rooney connection. I feel like that probably holds some weight as well. Um,
2: yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's a he's a young English player. I mean, he's, he's definitely watched Rooney growing up as a kid. He's probably one of his heroes playing for England. And yeah, absolutely. The Rooney connection, Rooney managing the championship. He's been one of the best players in the championship the last few years. So so yeah, Rooney looks to be the hopefully the man to get O'Brien's career back on track. So you
1: mentioned you know, you made, made a good point how MLS has really done a good job of attracting these younger, um, these younger players, uh, moving them on how obviously is the big, big example. He, he's the league yeah. record, uh, outgoing transfer. He's finally really hit on with Newcastle after a few mm-hmm. difficult years, but you know, I, I personally just don't think he was a good tactical fit for what Newcastle was doing for the last few years. And now he's finally in an environment that kind of maximizes what he's good at. But, um, my, back to the, the main mls point um yeah we're seeing lots of real talent right now and i just kind of want to get your thoughts on some of these guys who could make that move either to the premier league to Serie A, to la liga wherever it may be guys like tiago almada who just had a yeah. crazy week with two goals and two assists ridiculous free kick he's a super talent facundo torres Orlando City. He's been linked with Arsenal for the last few months. But well, like, just, just do I guess some of your thoughts on some of these young talents and kind of how they fit into the global transfer market?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think it used to always be teams from, players from South America used to always get the moves over to to Europe. And now it's they're definitely heading over from from MLS too now. And like Almada, as you say, I mean he's already won the World Cup. It's he's as uh, the first MLS player to do so, I believe. So um, yeah, there's no doubt he's he'll get a move soon i'm sure i mean what a talented player his performance last weekend was unbelievable and for kundo torres he's he's always a name linked with arsenal so um yeah i'm sure these mls is definitely people think of it as a retirement home where players will go out at the end of their careers to live in america enjoy that enjoy the final stage of their career but um yeah, it's definitely um, progressing more to more than just a retirement home. It's uh, it's developing some of the top players who who now won the World Cup. So, yeah. And Al Miron is obviously, I guess, under Steve Bruce at Newcastle. He didn't quite hit the ground running, but now under Eddie Howe, he's been in fantastic form. I mean, uh, for Newcastle this season, and I guess Newcastle are a team that go in places. So, yeah, he's he's definitely found his, his hit his form this season.
1: Um, I, I think, you know, there's new clubs that have kind of sparked that, you know, your Atlanta's LA's these very ambitious new clubs, but I think you can even look just at how certain teams have grown in that mindset. And I think the club I cover Orlando city is a really good example of that. Cause when they came in to major league soccer, it was all Kaká They signed Kaká mid thirties definitely passed his prime, but he's a huge name, Ballon d'Or World Cup, right? He's this big superstar, but he's clearly past his prime. He's over the hill. Now, here we are six, seven years later, and the team's led by Facundo Torres, who's 23-year-old Uruguayan international. Martino Heda, the 24-year-old from Argentina, was one of the best players in the Argentine League. You know, they have, I think even the newer, like older clubs that had that retirement mentality for a while. Even they are signing these new young players and starting to sell them on. You know, you think like Daryl DK is a guy Orlando sold on to England, performing pretty well right now for West Brom. I think it's really interesting and exciting. And I'm sure this summer will be a very busy time for MLS transfers to to Europe and obviously the winter and all this good stuff. Um, I want to talk briefly about the MLS All-Star game because it was announced this week that they will be playing Arsenal in the All Star Game. It will be in DC. Wayne Rooney will be the coach for MLS. I just kind of want to get your thoughts on on that game and playing against Arsenal. Just just your general opinions on the All Star Game as as it as it currently stands.
2: Yeah, I saw the video um, on. Um... Arsenal's um, Twitter this morning of uh, Matt Turner introducing the game um I think it was just playing on kind of stereotypes. I think they mentioned Ted lasso and stuff like that and um yeah, I guess it's uh it's, it's a fantastic occasion for MLS and um having Wayne Mooney as the coach and it being in DC United against Arsenal who are likely to be the <laughs> Premier League winners this year. I guess the eight points clear so. It's it's good. It's a big it's a big occasion, isn't it? It's I mean it's obviously a massive, glorious, pride friendly. Really, it's a chance to see all the all the best players in MLS put it themselves against the the Premier League champions. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that game.
1: Yeah, the All Star game. It's never. I I think sometimes we can overanalyze it and talk about like, oh, what does it mean that MLS is playing against uh one team from Europe. Eh, there's a time to analyze it, but I think it's just fun. You know, it's just a, it's a, yeah. it's a fun celebration. It's a good time. It's fun players playing a fun sport. It's not too serious. And I think if you just look at it through that lens, it's, it's just a nice fun occasion.
2: Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a very American thing to do. And um, it's, uh, you can't really judge it because it's, um, it's not a proper team really. It's exactly. uh, the best players being thrown all together. If, I mean, if they are the premier league all stars game, I mean, I'm sure it would be a very disjointed uh, <laughs> match-up to whoever they were playing. It's, um, I mean, yeah, they're not players who are training with each other every week. They're players who are playing against each other every week. So, yeah, you can't really think of it in that kind of thing. I guess it's just a, it's a fun occasion and, yeah, for be something for Arsenal's preseason and, yeah, it would be, be a good trip to, for Arsenal fans out in the States to see their team play and see the best players in M- MLS up against them.
1: All right, to close out here, I just want to wrap it back around to Wayne Rooney and D.C. United. So they have one win this season against Toronto, 3-2. Drew against Orlando at home, a pair of losses to Columbus in New York. I just want to get your thoughts on their early season form and kind of what you expect from this group moving forward.
2: Yeah, I guess it's been mixed early on. I guess one win, one draw against, I know, your team, Orlando. I think Rooney always seems to do well against <laughs> Orlando. I remember that goal, um, I think, from his own half. And, and then there was that yeah. assist that was also against Orlando. Um, But yeah, they've had a mixed start to the season. I guess they've got a tough next game against New England Revolution, but then I think they've got a few um, games against teams in and around them in the league. So uh, I think Rooney's now had a bit of time. He's obviously finished last season with the team and yeah, he's had a whole pre-season with them and now he started this season. And obviously the players like Pentec and Click have done very well. And I think once... um, O'Brien's Reese is sorted, then he'll be back in the team as well. And I think it'll be a promising season for them. Obviously they finished bottom last season. The only way is up, um, but with the signings they made, I think um, there's probably expectation for them to at least get into the playoffs this season.
1: Absolutely. I think they can certainly contend for some of those lower playoff spots, um, especially if the older players like Click and Venteke keep playing well. And, and, if, and, Rooney's done well integrating a lot of the young players into the group as well. A lot of uh, homegrown teenage talents from the Academy uh, have gotten some run and played fairly well. Uh, Rooney's a guy who seems to support the young players and help get the best out of them. And I'm sure that'll play a big part as well. All right. I think that's all for me. I want to thank you again, Rob. uh, Do you want to plug your social, tell people where they can follow you and your work?
2: Uh Yeah. So um, my Twitter and Instagram are both the same there at, I am Rob Wheeler, and yeah, follow me in that for, that. Well, I mostly write about um, American soccer players from Europe uh, or competing in Europe or um, players linked uh, from Europe to MLS clubs. So, yeah, hopefully um, some good content for that people can check me out. And thanks again for having me on the podcast. Of course. Thank you. Thank you.